This episode of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast is brought to you by the Cedic Run Mile Extravaganza. That's right, ladies and gents, it's back. On June 4th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m., the Cedic Run Mile Extravaganza will be taking place on Cushman Field in Grand Forks. Runners of all ages and all abilities will descend upon Cushman Field to race the mile, take a crack at the distance, and see if they can come away with a nice little personal best. The evening will begin with a community mile open to anyone interested in trying out the distance. That's right, whether you are a hobby jogger, whether you've never run a mile in your life, there's a spot for you at the Cedic Run Mile Extravaganza. So the night will begin with a community mile. That's going to be followed up by several competitive heats for those that are looking to push the pace a little bit faster. Maybe some of our high school athletes whose season ended at state and want another crack at the distance, or maybe some people in the community that were college athletes still running a little bit. Maybe some people that weren't college athletes but are still running a little bit and want to row down a little bit faster and get in a competitive environment. And finally, the night will conclude with our men's and women's elite heat. Over the past several summers, this event has gained a lot of popularity for several reasons. The atmosphere is always great. There's always some spectators there, always good energy, and records always seem to get broken. Last summer, the North Dakota soil mile record, so that means the fastest mile ever run within the state of North Dakota. That was broken last year on the women's side by Maddie Van Beek in a time of 4 minutes and 42 seconds. So whether you are a hobby jogger, whether you are an All-American, or somewhere in between, there's a spot for you at this event, and we're super excited for you to be there. Mark your calendars so that's Saturday, June 4th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. If you want more information, follow at Run on Instagram or Facebook or any of their social medias, or we have a special Instagram page for this event, at SDR Mile, the Cedic Run Mile Extravaganza official Instagram page. There in the bio, you'll find a link to sign up and all sorts of information. So June 4th, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m., we will see you there. I'll be announcing Cam, it's probably going to be pacing. So if you want to meet us too, we'll make sure that we run into you. This episode is one of my favorite episodes in a really long time, and here's why. Over the weekend, Cody Roeder from North Dakota State set the school record in the 400-meter dash. Now, not too often, you have one record that gets taken from another athlete and they just narrowly miss each other. It seems like when a record's broken, it's either by somebody else that's currently on your team or it's by somebody that is way, way old, like 30 years old in the history books. Well, this time we had a really unique opportunity because Cody broke Landon Yoakum's record. If you are familiar with North Dakota track and field, you should know the name Landon Yoakum. Landon set the NDSU school record back in 2018 at the Howard Wood Dakota Relays at a time of 46.69 seconds. And so what did we do? We got both of them on the podcast. So we're going to ask Cody all sorts of questions from this weekend, how his 400 felt, what it felt like to be a part of the school record 4x4 as well. And then we get some awesome insight from Lynn and just getting to dive into depths of the 400 that you didn't even know existed. He provides a lot of great advice for Cody leading into the NCAA West prelims coming up this next weekend. And like I said, this was just a really great episode. As I sat back and I listened to those two talk back and forth and share some advice and some tips and some insight, I was just, I was freaking out. The track nerd in me was all about it. And I know it's going to be the same for you too. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you want to support us, it's pretty easy. All you have to do, follow us on social media. We've got a Facebook page. We've got an Instagram page. 
We also have a newsletter. That might be the newest and the best way that you can support us. Go subscribe to the newsletter. It's free. We're not going to spam you with a bunch of emails. It's just once a week when the newest edition comes out. So check that out if you want a little more Summit League recap and conference recap. Not just Summit League, but NSIC, Big Tens, all sorts of stuff. All sorts of great North Dakota athletes who did great stuff over the weekend. So be sure to subscribe to the newsletter. It's on Substack. We also have a link on our Facebook page and our Instagram bio. But enough about us. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Anderson. And I'm your other host, Cameron Rail. And we have a really special episode today. We've got two very important guests with us. First, we'll introduce our co-host for this one, guest host Landon Yoakum, the former NDSU school record holder in the 400. Welcome to the show, Landon. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Cam, for having me. Uh, looking forward to, to chatting with everyone, especially Cody. Yeah, yeah, we've been waiting a long time to have you on, but I didn't think it was going to be to talk about your school record being broken. So, And then our, our second guest that we have here today is coming fresh off of two Summit League championships. He is the new NDSU school record in the 400-meter dash. He won the 400 in a blazing time, 46-22. Came back to win the 4 by 4 a little bit later with some of his teammates, also an NDSU school record. So, Cody Roeder, welcome to the pod. Yeah, thanks for having me. But I do have to say, I, I actually got third in that race. I did not win. Oh, man. <laughs> I guess we'll already have to cut that and change it. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. It was so fast. It was so fast. Yeah. You couldn't imagine anybody else having beaten you. Yeah, I know. You're still a winner in my book. All right. Hey, thanks. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Dude, so just tell me a little bit, first of all, about the the mustache. I feel like when we were all on the team, Cam and Yoke, like the facial hair wasn't always like it was not official, but you've got a really good stash going on there. <laughs> yeah, I had, to, I had to work on it. Honestly, like uh, I started it right before indoor or I started like halfway through indoor because I'd never grown one before. And I just wanted to see if I can get one for uh, indoor conference. And like by the time that rolled around, I still had it and I just never ended up shaving it so I just like kept it throughout the whole year <laughs> did it become like a superstitious thing like oh dang things are going really well I better yeah honest, honest, honestly that was kind of when it like started to go well like uh like my first few races weren't like super good during the year but then like when I had like a pretty good stash was like Iowa State and I ran pretty fast there so I was like I better just keep it now and like <laughs> kept going well so i just figured i'd save it on there cody are you are you also the school record holder at und in the 400 no i think i i think i was like maybe second or third indoor and i think i was like second in like the 600 but i uh i didn't really get to race a lot outdoor because i I hurt my, I like broke my foot, but I think I was like top 10 on there still, but have second, they, I'm pretty sure I'm second. 
have they scrubbed your name from the record board or no I, no I I did check like earlier this year I wanted to see like if they had like updated the records or anything but I'm still on there so well there you go dude you've got to be one of the only guys in the summit league that has like summit league top 10 marks at multiple schools yeah multiple schools yeah I I mean I can't think of really anyone else that is I was just lucky that I transferred and then the day before India or UND joined the summit league, I like finished my transfer. And if that wouldn't have happened, I would have had to sit out a year. No way. One yeah, day. I would have to, yeah. Literally like it was like Stevie and then Ashley Harris. I don't know if you guys remember her. Yeah. But like we were just like on it. Like I remember Stevie called me in Walmart. I was like shopping in Walmart. He had to tell me like an hour long, like worth of stuff, like that I had to get done. Like I got enrolled for like a random summer class and then like everything was official the day before UND joined the summit. So I never had to like redshirt or anything. (laughs) Wow. Dude. So tell me this, has the post-conference high kind of worn off yet? Because there's those few days afterwards where you're coming off the team title, you're coming off the four back war, a couple school records. What does that feel like? I mean, yeah, I was, like, we were pretty hyped there for a few days and like, you know, everything, but we kind of, I mean, we took Monday pretty light, Tuesday pretty light. And then I would say almost today, like we had another workout today and we like, and we lifted and stuff. So yeah, I, I mean, it's kind of coming down, but I mean, we try to keep the momentum high to ride it into next week, but yeah. yeah Tony, so real quick, landing here. Um, what is, uh, since you are an athlete who has experienced um, Lars as a coach and Stevie as a coach um, in your event areas, but what has that transition been like, or what are some of the differences that you've noticed with Reese uh, in the past, I think two seasons now with him being your uh, primary event coach, if I'm correct in saying that? Actually, uh, Stevie has kept our, Stevie's kept with the 248 group. So we have like we have the we have the short sprints and they all go with Reese. He takes the short sprints and the hurdlers, and then uh, Stevie still uh, gives out our stuff for the. There's a two four group, and so that's like it's a AD uh, like uh, Jake Levine, you know, kind of those guys. And I actually I actually train with the the four eight plus group, so like I do like eight hundred training. So. Yeah, Stevie that's really still, interesting. Yeah, wrote like all of our workouts and everything, but I kind of found that like kind of early on it worked better, just with like, because I came in from high school, I was more of like an 800 runner and like a 400 runner, and that was like one of my problems when I got to UND. Like we would just grind out like on the spikes, and like a lot of like starts and stuff, and like it just didn't feel very good like on my body. So, and then like, I kind of carried that over. Like I told Stevie that right away when I came here and I was like, no, I almost don't like sprinting all the time. So he's just kept me in the, the four, eight plus group and it's worked out pretty well. Like I trained with like Rodin and then Jackson Tracy. So. Sure. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Um, because I think about myself and my time at SU and I think, you know, looking back, I wish I would have done more with, um, 
it was Clayton's crew at the time doing the short sprints, but I wish I would have been more on that because I think about my high school doing 100, 200 stuff more and then transitioning a little bit away from that, just mainly specializing in the 400. And I think I lost a little bit of the, the foot speed stuff because I was doing more of those longer interval workouts. Kind of sounds yeah. like what you're doing now, but it's just interesting how different athletes uh, gravitate towards a certain type of training style and it obviously works great for you. Yeah, I, I think it, you know, it, it is, it is kind of weird because like I've, it's, it's a lot of times I feel like indoor maybe and that it's probably like a combination of indoor track and like not really ready to run yet. But like even like this year when I had ran the 300, like I wanted to try to break the school record and like I got like really close, but I didn't quite get it. And I was like, am I like not doing enough sprint work? Like, why do I not have like the right amount of foot speed to break this record? And like, I don't know. I feel like it was just a lot of, I was probably just like thinking too much into it and like not just letting the season play out, but I've had those thoughts too. That's one thing I love about like the 400 and the 800 is there's two very different like ways that you can approach them. There's like the very like strength base and then the sprint base for both of the events. Uh, And you see it play out, especially in the eight in like race strategy, somebody, you know, you can tell who does the sprint type training and, who does the, the distance training, like a Nick Simmons, who is always closing hard from behind. He'll use a strength guy, but Cody, you were, I mean, you were a state champ in Minnesota in the four by eight for Bemidji. Mm-hmm. Uh, when did you realize that the 400 was kind of your, your sweet spot? Um, um, it was like, it was my junior. It was, it was kind of like towards the end of my sophomore year of high school almost, but I had like, randomly started like just cutting down like time like five six seconds like off my 400s like at a time like when the, my sophomore year I started high school and I was not I was not a track runner like, at all but I started like just cutting down time so I was kind of just almost lucky that I got like randomly thrown in a 400 one day and then I kind of just kept progressing and I think junior year I don't remember I ended up making it to state like at the end I can't I remember even what place I got like fifth or sixth I think maybe so I had like a good end of the season but then senior year I ended up getting uh third so that and that was like and that was after the four by eight but still I didn't run the four by eight till I was uh a senior so I was kind of always gravitated towards the 400 in high school a little bit yeah. And you found your sweet spot over the years. You've kind of been able to just like hone in on the skill and really like cut down on the race. So just like jumping all the way forward now to this weekend, was there any indication that you were just going to throw down? Was there anything different that going in, you thought this weekend's going to be the weekend? Yeah. I mean, I was obviously like a little bit like kind of like scared, kind of weary that, you know, I was like, this could be my last, like, 400 ever and I was like well I obviously don't want that to happen but I knew it was going to be fast because of Jamar the USD guy and I actually didn't know until we got there that uh that Bradley Dormius the Oral Roberts guy was even running because he hadn't been running and he ran like a 200 like the first uh week outdoor and he ran like 20.78 like hadn't really ran since then but I knew he was like uh, 
you know, I knew he was going to be good. So like, once I found that out, I was like, it's probably going to be a lot faster. And I obviously, I wanted to make West prelims. I mean, that's like, you know, pretty big goal, but I mean, just looking at the times this year, like they're insane. So it's like, if I, if I end up making West prelims, like I'm going to have to break the record and like, I'm going to have to do all this other stuff. So like, that was what I was shooting for, but I didn't quite know that it was going to be like that fast. Like honestly figured I was like, if I break the record, I feel like I'd be like right under it. Like, you know, just a couple tenths, but yeah. Yeah. With those Voro Roberts guys, uh, like the one that you mentioned that really hadn't run out all year, you just can't discount or Roberts. I remember that was the case with some of their guys back in the day with us is they might get one race in or two races, but you just can't give them anything because you know what they're capable of. And um, the last couple of years, USD has really had quite a few of those guys too, that were just really fast. Um, But no, that's, uh, that's crazy that he was able to come off that. And I, I can't remember what did he, what did, what did he go? It was at 46 low. Yeah, he, he ran 46.20, and I was 46.22. So, and we were oh, kind wow. of running, like, the finish. And honestly, I, I would have liked to see a picture because I thought, that, I thought that I got it. And, like, that was what I was going for. Like, I, at the time, like, I had no idea, like, what, how fast we were running or anything. But, like, I was just trying to pass him. So, it was just, yeah, him and I were pretty close. But, like you said, I knew that once I knew he was running, I knew he was going to run fast, like, he wasn't going to go out there and like, he's, he's really good. So I was like, I just, I knew it was going to be good. So I know for me, granted, I'm a lot slower than you guys, but you come around the turn and you got a hundred to go and you look at the clock and you kind of have an idea of what your time is going to be. And when you came around that turn with a hundred to go, were you just thinking in your head, this is going to be super fast. And then what was going through your mind when you crossed the finish line and like your name pops up, and there's a like a 46 next to your name because that was your first time under 47, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. And I honestly like the whole race, it didn't it didn't feel like that, like that I was going any faster or anything. Like I I knew I had to get out hot because Demar was right on the inside of me, and so I was, and he gets out very strong. So I was like, I've got to move, and he ended up like catching me on the back stretch but I had also caught seven and eight. I was in six. So we basically ran together and we went around that corner and he kind of gained on me a little bit. And once we hit the straightaway, uh, with like a hundred to go, it was like, it was me. And then Damar had obviously already had like a couple steps and then, uh, the Dormius and then AD, like I had saw on the corner of my eye and I was like, just got to kind of carry it in. And I had no idea what the time was, like anything. Like I said, I was just trying to catch Bradley. And we crossed. Like I said, I thought that I had got him. And it took like a little bit for the time to pop up. They just had like a little scoreboard. And I didn't even end up seeing what the time was. But the announcer was like 45-74 for Damar Francis. And I was like, I could not have been too far off of that. And he was like, 46 20 Bradley and I was like I, well I thought I beat him so I, I was like and then he was like 46 22 and I was like wow that was a lot faster than I thought it was going to be because it really didn't feel any different than the normal race honestly 
Isn't that how it is though? Probably. I think all of us can relate like cam in the distance, Ryan and hurdles and your, your multi stuff. Like those, those best, uh, those best races or those best marks that we ever do. They don't feel, usually they don't feel out of the ordinary. They just feel like another one. But I think that goes to just say how much the training gets us in the position to perform because before that, I, I don't remember what your PR was, but wasn't it around 47.2 or 47 low? Uh, yeah, it was 47.4. I just ran it at Drake. Okay, so, so. You, you shave over a second off <laughs> yeah, yeah. out of nowhere, right? So the training has us there. And, I mean, then I, I, I caught your split in the relay, 45-second split. So, I mean, the, the training has built all of us to that point. It's just like the day has to happen. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was a lot, honestly, what we were like kind of struggling with with the four by four. Like we knew even going back to last year with with DJ and being at West Prelims and being able to run like a few fast times, like we we knew that we had the potential to break that record. It was just more like the pieces like hadn't quite fell together for like it was gonna probably have to be a perfect meet. And like we, at first I really thought that we were going to be at least close to getting it at Mount Sac. Um, and that's where the last team had did it. And like, I was talking to Lars, you know, before, and he's like, Oh yeah, he came with and He was like, yeah, it's definitely doable, but you know, he's like, someone's going to have to run 45 and change, you know, like those guys had. And I mean, sure enough, you know, the, the first meet that that happened, like we were able to do it. Yeah, it was, a, it was more like everything was kind of, we needed to have the perfect race. And like we had Mount Sack and the baton ended up like getting knocked out of our hands on the back stretch. Uh, Rodine on the third lap, like it was just random, like guy came up on him, baton out of his hands. And I think we would have ran, ran probably like close to 308. I think we could have hit, but then, you know, Drake, we, were, we ran pretty fast too, but it was nasty out, like windy and rainy. So. Well, it says even more that you guys did it at a conference meet as everyone has tired legs on the second day of competition already, you know, two, three events under your belt and, oh, let's go break the school record in the four by four and, and run a 45 second split. So yeah, that's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, we were, we knew really that, I mean, if we wanted to make West prelims, we didn't have a fast enough time with the one that we had earlier this year. So we knew going in that we were going to have to, you know, haul because that was our goal at least. Before I ran that 400, my goal was just to get the four by four there. I mean, and then once I had the four, I was like, once we all ran that and I saw all the times, even AD running 46.5 and then Levine at 47.3, I was like, oh, this could, we could definitely do this today. How many times did uh, all the guys on that four by four team throw up before the four by four? And then how many more uh, after the four by four? Well, I know I, I, I threw up on my prelim race and the finals race. I don't, Rodine for sure threw up on his prelim race. AD and Jake usually don't throw up, but I, I don't, I can't quite remember if Rodine threw up after his finals race, but he probably did. So I, I would guess probably like four. <laughs> Yoke, when you were like senior, junior, who, what was the typical four by four lineup? So uh, one of my biggest regrets, well, first I'll answer your question. So junior year, um, 
it was myself, Jacob Richter, Burn Curl, and then JT Butler, which was kind of the the wild card spot, right? We did we didn't have that that fourth guy um, because uh, usually that would have been Jonah Warwick sliding in, but Jonah was either hurt that year or redshirted that year, um, so that was the deal my junior year. Uh, but then my senior year, uh, indoor we had everyone running really well. Uh, Jacob, Burn, and Jonah was back healthy, ready to go. Um, but my senior year was the year that I was hurt all of indoor and, uh, kind of a quick story on that. We were at, we were in Seattle at, uh, Washington and I ran the open that day at the meet and I was limping bad after the 400. And I told Stevie, I was like, Hey, I'm there's, there's no way I'm running this four by four. My foot is about to fall off, but we can't tell these guys that because I still want them to go all out and get it done for a workout. So I made it look like I was warming up. I told those guys like, Hey, we're going, let's do this thing. Right. And uh, I think we were in the fast heat and I was anchoring and sure enough, coming to the anchor handoff, they got me in the, in the front, right. I had the lead getting the baton and I knew myself, I wasn't running that race. And uh, that was one of the, the hardest things to veer off that track um, in the lead at uh, Washington invitational and Looking back, certainly one of my biggest regrets not to just like lay it all out there, no matter what, and uh, try to bring that one home because that would have been that would have been pretty epic. Yeah, I didn't know that story. That is so was everyone just like, what the heck did you just do? Because who handed off to you? I think uh, I think it probably would have been Burn. Um, it, usually Jacob would have started, and then I think it probably would have been Jonah second, and then Burn to me. Um, I think everyone probably just figured that cause they knew my foot had been bugging me, mm-hmm. but they probably just thought, well, he's going to grit through it and do it. But then after I veered off, they probably knew at that point, I, I was kind of messing with them that I wasn't actually going to run, but what I was hoping to do was get them to run hard. And that certainly worked cause they gave me the baton to lead. So. Yeah, that's, that's a really good story. So like kind of focusing on the relay now, Cody, Going into West prelims, you're going to have two events, the open four, you're going to have the four by four. And we've got Yoke who has been to a regional. So, you know, he's going to give you some advice, but right now going in, you had the experience last year with the relay. Just tell us what's the mindset and how are you preparing for this next couple of weeks? Uh, Yeah. I mean, you know, last year, uh, I feel like I didn't get like shocked. I, I don't know. It was maybe more the fact that, we maybe we weren't quite ready to be at West Freelance. You know, I mean, like we snuck in and, you know, I mean, we were ready to run, but at the same time, like I had been dealing with like my hamstring all year. So I really wasn't practicing like at all. And I would just race on the weekends and then I would, it would take me like three days, three, four days to recover. So I hadn't really been able to practice a lot. I grinded through conference and it hurt pretty bad after that so I mean we I mean AD had made it in the open four and then Rodine was in the eight um so yeah I mean it worked for them uh to at least do that but we ended up we ended up getting delayed I'm pretty sure by like a full day and I feel like that kind of set me back like a little bit mentally I mean when you get set back like a whole day you know it kind of you know kind of throws everything off and it was also like the heat was insane there last year at West prelims. 
and I, I feel like I wasn't like quite prepared maybe for that much heat and the race, like how much warming up was going to take out of me and everything like that. Uh, I got like super sick after the race last year, we ended up, we, we didn't even, we didn't PR or anything. And I remember I told, I don't know if they remember, but I remember afterwards I told AD and Rodine, I was like, yeah, we'll be back. And, you know, it took us a long time this year, even to find quite like, you know, the perfect race, like the perfect people. I mean, Jake really, you know, had stepped up this year. Cause I mean, there was definitely a battle of like a few people that who could be on the relay to get us to West prelims. And I mean, there was definitely times that I was like, man, like if times are so fast this year, like, are we like really going to have a shot? You know? And I mean, when we busted out of the gate, the first meet of the year 309, I was like, Oh, well that's, you know, we're at the step in the right direction. So, and I mean, ever since, ever since that first one, when we had beat uh, Cal State and Cal, that was the di that dive one at the line. <laughs> we were, you know, like Rodine and I had talked. We were like, that can't be the high. Like, yeah, it's a great play, but that can't be the highlight, you know, for the year. So, I mean, we we've definitely been talking about it. That you know, I mean, we're, I'm pretty sure we're sitting 18th right now, and you know, top 12 go. So we're like six like six teams, like that's all we got to, you know, work to beat. And I mean, I would say right now our, our goal is and like, we're not quite, you know, satisfied with just West prelims. Like we've been talking about it and stuff, you know, like we would like to set the bar at nationals and then top 12 will go. So yeah, we're going to work on, work on some handoffs and get that stuff cleaned up. And we were talking about it today and it was like, God, I mean, this is, this is doable. So I, I think we've got a pretty good mindset going into it. That's, that's, I mean, winning mindset right there, you know, always yeah. thinking about the next thing, you know, what's, what's the next level. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, that's great to hear. Uh, Landon, what, what advice w would you have for, for Cody in, in the four by four? Yeah, I think uh, just the fact that Cody, you and most of the team um, have already been to to regionals the last year, even if things didn't go quite as you wanted last year. Just the fact that you've been there is already um, a major advantage for you guys uh, compared to going in there fresh and uh, being it it being all new. Uh, but really, I think the number one thing is just like this week and then next week there's nothing else that you can do in that time as far as training, as far as whatever to push you over the top. The hay is in the barn at this point. Right. And, um, that's just a piece of advice for me because my weeks leading up to regionals where I was just running the 400, I was like, Hey, I got to step training up even more. I got to take it one notch higher. And I remember I just cranked the, 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 the flats super tight. Cause I had a fast workout and it was like fast three hundreds or something. And afterwards I'm like, man, I might've just done something to my foot. And sure enough, the rest of the week leading up and getting to regionals, my foot was just destroyed. And that's actually what ended up like being my issue my senior year. So 
essentially there's nothing you can do at this point. Just do what you've done. Um, and then, like I said, the haze in the barn, but then really once you get there is, I mean, don't make the stage too big than it actually is. Right. It's just another meet. Of course it's against the, the best competition yeah. uh, in the country. But um, I mean, like when I was there my year, um, it was the year where Fred Curley was just going off, right. He was at a and mm-hmm. He, uh, I don't think he had set the NCAA record yet, but he did it at regionals. And I remember we were getting marshaled and, uh, and I'm putting my spikes on right next to Fred Curley, right. Future Olympian. Everyone knows that. And I was, I'll be honest. I was a little starstruck sitting there next to these guys. I'm like, Holy crap. Am I, am I actually good enough to be here right now? And, uh, the thing is, is you absolutely are like, you've done this for five years now. Um, you've put in the work, um, you deserve to be there. Uh, so just go rise to the occasion. And I think for the four by four is the main thing is that that lead guy just gets out and gets in it. Cause then all of you guys, it's, you're not thinking about like, Oh, I need to split this 46, five, or I need to split 45 on this for us to make it to nationals. You're just competing, right? You're just trying to be one of those top 12 teams. And that doesn't mean you need to split super fast. Just go out there and battle with those other teams. Um, And uh, who knows, some crazy stuff is going to happen. That's been my thought for you guys all year. I'm like, man, they're going to get to nationals if they just run what they can do. So. Mm -hmm. No, that's, that's good advice. I appreciate that. And uh, it's funny that you say it just like, you know, don't, you don't, you know, it doesn't matter what your split is or anything because that's at uh, conference, like it did kind of matter. So it's like almost flipping it because, you know, like we knew we were going to be alone and we knew we had to hit like at least 308 to try to make it. And then it was like, I wasn't quite sure. And we switched up our order. We started AD and because we just had to get a guy, you know, gets out hot. So we stuck AD first and I knew that he was moving and I didn't quite see like what it was or anything. And I was like at the line waiting to, I think, I don't remember who was running. Uh, yeah. It might've been already Rodine, but I hear like footsteps behind me, like run up on me. And it was like, that was 46, five, like for AD. And I was like, what's that? And it was Stevie. And I was like, Oh, he's like really fired up. And I'm like 46, five, like, that's what we need. So that was like the moment that I was like, okay, like, let's go. Like we're going to bust one, but yeah, that's good advice. So I appreciate it. Yeah. I think like to just kind of resonate with that. I mean, you belong like you, you, the work's been done. You've earned your spot and now go out there and fall out. Like there's nothing like Yoke said, there's nothing you can do in these next two weeks that is going to all of a sudden make you really fit. But there's at the same time, there's also nothing you can't do at this point. So just go in mm-hmm. there and, and battle, man. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. hey, we're, we're just talking about really outside shot or, you know, being right there for nationals. Why not yourself? I mean, yeah. you just went and I mean, what was the official split when I had it on my watch? It was 45, eight on your anchor leg and you were running solo. So, yeah. hey, why not you go out there and compete for an outside shot, right? Yeah, no, for sure. Because, yeah, it was, it was 45. TV had me at like 45, uh, like nine. And then, but the, the online split was like, yeah, 45, eight. And I was like, it didn't feel like I was running like that. That's for sure. Because, like, I hit the 200 and I was like, 
oh my gosh, like that was, that wasn't fast enough. Like <laughs> I just like tried to hammer even harder around the corner and then like, and you got everybody standing on the side that's just, just talking to talk. And they're like, he's coming, he's coming, but he's seven seconds behind me. But I didn't know that. So I was like, <laughs> hauled in. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, getting in the right group of runners, like, yeah, I think, you know, I think we'll have a good week. Good stuff. Jam, what do you got for him? I was just, have you, have you had any more viral TikToks lately, Cody? <laughs> Uh, no, I kind of, I kind of shut down the, the TikTok making and everything like that, or like, not really shut down, but I, I stopped because I, I mean, I, I work at a school. So I was like, uh, how many of these kids do I want? Like trying to find these. So, so I just had to delete a bunch of them and like, yeah, I kind of put a hiatus on the TikTok. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a loss for loss for us, but probably the best, better move for your professional career. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Always great to have two, two legends here. Cody, you're not done. I don't know if I want to call you a legend because you got some more unwritten business to do. So uh, yeah. Cody, good luck at prelims yoke. We really appreciate all the insight that you brought and, and yeah, if you guys aren't, gonna be watching west regionals like if it's not on your calendar yet get it on because there's gonna be a lot of buys in there uh several summit league people there so get it on the calendar and uh we'll be following you cody best of luck thanks i appreciate it